Well, I want to give a shout out to the uh, bell choir and to our praise team this morning. They did a great job. If that, if that doesn't get you into the Christmas spirit, I don't know what will. I'd also like to welcome somebody that we as a church have been praying for who's been over in complete care in La Plata recovering from a stroke, and that's Phil Cartwright in the back who got baptized just a few months ago. Well, this morning I want to start with a little story. There was a young man that grew up in a church, and his priest always talked about the time that he served in a monastery. So this young boy just dreamed when he got out of school and got his education of joining a monastery. So he looked into it, and he found a monastery in which you had to take a vow of silence, and you could only speak once every 10 years. So he was trained, given the instruction, and he served the first 10 years, and the head monk came in and said, what do you have to say? And this guy said, the food here is terrible. <laughs> and then, 10 years more, he works at the monastery, he doesn't say a word, and the head monk calls him in again. He says, what do you have to say after these 10 years? He says, this place is very cold and damp. I'm freezing all the time. Well, then it was 10 more years of service. And the head monk called him in again. He said, what do you have to say now? And the guy said, I quit. And the head monk says, doesn't surprise me. All you've been doing is complaining for the last 30 years. <laughs> so anyway, today, as we sit here, there may be a couple people missing because the World Cup final started at 10 o'clock this morning. And uh, since this is the last game of it, and it only occurs, I think, every four years, I think we might have just a couple people missing. It's kind of hard to compete with that. But there's a greater event on the way. We're going to be celebrating, celebrating Christmas in one week, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is the Holy One, as we're going to be looking into this morning. I'd like to start with some Old Testament prophecies and a few uh, New Testament scriptures that back them. So the first one is Isaiah 9, 6. You see it on your screen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and a Prince of Peace. This is one of my favorite Old Testament scriptures, prophecies about the birth of our Savior. And there are, of course, others that um, are celebrated at Christmas time. But I want you to keep in mind that right now, Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And one day he will come back and he will rule as the Prince of Peace. And we're looking forward to that. The uh, first chapter of the book of Genesis says this in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And the thing that I want to point out from this verse is it says, let us make man in our image in our likeness. And this is backed by John 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
And the Word was God, and He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. So we have the Old Testament proclaiming it as part of the creation, and then we have the book of John um, basically reaffirming that belief. And this shows that the Father and Son were one from the very beginning. Over the last three years, and I'm going to say my success record on this is over 99%. It's not 100%. But over the last three years, I've been reading a chapter of Proverbs every morning. Whatever the day of the, or whatever the, day of the week is, if it's the first, I read the first chapter of Proverbs. And I would highly recommend this. I mentioned this in a sermon uh, back last winter how valuable it is to teach our children the principles in Proverbs, principles for everyday living. And a few months ago, before I was even preparing this sermon, I came across Proverbs 32 to 5. And this is what it says. Surely I am more stupid than any man. I, by the way, I'm not talking about myself here. I'm reading the scripture, okay? <laughs> Surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have understanding of a man. I neither learn wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name if you know? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. And what's amazing here is that Jesus' name is really mentioned in Proverbs. You don't think of Proverbs as being a prophetical book. You think of it as being a practical book for everyday living. But what is his son's name? So the author here was pointing that out. Our next scripture comes from Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And I'll read that and talk about it briefly. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, get that word, Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which will never be destroyed. And here we have the title of Son of Man. And this title is backed, I don't think I put this one up here, let me just check, nope, okay. This, this title is backed by the verse in Mark 10, 45. When Jesus is speaking, he says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, as we look at Daniel 7, 13, and 14, there are a couple things here. One, it backs his leadership and ownership of the world and him coming back as the ruler. It validates a title that he has. He's the Son of God, and he is the Son of Man. So I've gone over these scriptures, and when I preached back in September, I did a two-part sermon on prophecy, and I uh, started with some uh, scriptures from Matthew and others, and then talked about the book of Revelation. 
and I had written a song, and I shared the uh, lyrics of the song with you. Well, today I'm going to do something a little different. I wrote a song almost three years ago called Jesus, the Holy One, and it's going to center on the final part of my message. So I'm going to go down now, and I'm going to sing that for you. Uh, the tune, if you, if you catch on to the, to the tune and to the chorus, you are certainly welcome uh, to join in the singing of that. child is this who came to earth to offer mankind a second birth no more death or pain just eternal gain our savior came his name is Jesus, he's God's own son. His name is Jesus, the begotten one. His name is Jesus, Father, Spirit, Son. His name is Jesus the Holy One. What child is this who came to save? Crucified, spent three days in the grave. Then he rose again to forgive our sin. Now we're born again. His name is Jesus. He's God's own son. His name is Jesus, the begotten one. His name is Jesus, Father, Spirit, Son. His name is Jesus, the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's God's own Son. What child is this who came as man to fulfill God's eternal plan? He's the only way 
no more dismay he'll return one day his name is Jesus he's God's own son his name is Jesus the begotten one his name is Jesus Father, Spirit, Son, His name is Jesus, the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's God's own Son. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's God's own Son. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. He's God's own son. Well, that song is now the basis for the uh, rest of the sermon, and we're going to take a look at the supporting scriptures that go along with these verses that inspired me, Now, I didn't have every one of these written down when I wrote it uh, a number of years ago, but knowing the scripture and knowing God's word, that is how I composed the lyrics. So, a very familiar verse to all of us Christians around the entire world, it's one of the key verses in the Bible. John 3, 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So who is this that saves? Jesus. And we go to Revelation 21, 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And see, we have these promises that Jesus came to save us, which is our second birth, and the promise that one day when we're with him in heaven, there's going to be no more death, suffering, or pain. And this is our eternal gain. The second verse, what child is this who came to save, crucified, spent three days in the grave, and he rose again to forgive our sin. Now we're born again. Let's look at some supporting scriptures for that. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 8. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain 
to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. So this is Paul speaking, and he is summarizing the plan of Jesus coming and being crucified and rising again and then having the ability to forgive us from our sin. And when we have that happen, we're born again. And, of course, we know that Paul's name was Saul, and he was fighting against the church until Christ blinded him in a vision from heaven and asked him, why are you persecuting me? And, of course, Saul asked, who are you? And it's Jesus who you're persecuting. And then, of course, Paul became the greatest missionary of all time once he realized who the true God was. Verse 3, what child is this who came as man to fulfill God's eternal plan? He's the only way. No more dismay. He'll return one day. So let's take a look at some of the supporting scriptures for this. Uh, before I flip over to Luke 2, I want to make mention that as you read the account in the Bible, Luke 2 being one of the favorite ones about Christ being born in Bethlehem and, and the celebrations that occurred, there were two godly saints that were awaiting the birth of Jesus the Messiah. One was a widow named uh, Anna. And the other was an old guy, they're both very old, named Simeon. And I want to read to you from Luke 2.28 what uh, Simeon said. He took him, Jesus, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So here we have this old, old man who is hanging on to his dear life because he is waiting, as God has promised him probably when he had prayer time with him, that you're going to see my son. And this is the confirmation of God's plan for everyone on earth. Not just for the Jewish people, of course, he, he was Jewish and he came to save the Jewish people, but also for the Gentiles. And any of us who are not Jewish, we're Gentiles. And that's all the people in the world. There are no other groups, Jews and Gentiles. And he came to save them all as part of his plan. Um, next, we have a verse that, once again, is probably almost as famous as John 3, 16 and 17 John 14, 6, Jesus declares, he said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I served 43 years uh, teaching and uh, being an administrator in Christian schools. And uh, before I retired a year and a half ago, I was the head of school at Grace Brethren Christian School in Clinton, Maryland. We had a teacher who um, began to make plaques. You know, it was to pick up a little spare change. And when I found out that she made these plaques and I saw her work, I had her do a couple plaques for the school. And the plaque that I had her do for my office was John 14.6. I wanted to make sure that any visitor, any parent, any student that came into my office knew who we were proclaiming as the only way to God, and that is Jesus Christ. So that plaque is still there today. 
We have next Acts verses 1, 10, and 11. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, and as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So they're proclaiming that he's going to be on his way back someday. And this is also backed by Revelation 1-7. Look, or behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. Now, a little prophecy um, review from back in September, and that is that Jesus is going to come back in a twofold way at the end of the age. He's going to come back first to meet us in the air. He's going to rapture the church. The dead in Christ, the believers who have died first, will be raptured first. And then we who are alive will be caught up together with him in the clouds. We read these verses back in September. And so he is not physically coming back to earth yet. He is coming to salvage the church, to save the church from the tribulation period. But at the end of seven years, after all the judgments occur, then he will return as the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will set up his millennial reign. The people of the earth are going to see him. The dead are going to see him, the one that they crucified, the one that they rejected. That's where the mourning is going to be. They're going to realize it's too late when they see him come back and see his wounds and what happened when he died on the cross to save us from our sins. So anyway, we have to look forward to this two-part coming for us. We will be raptured first, the tribulation will occur, then we will come back and we will rule with Christ during the millennial period. Now we go to uh, the chorus, which of course was repeated several times in the song. His name is Jesus. He's God's own son. His name is Jesus, the begotten one. His name is Jesus, Father, Spirit, and Son. His name is Jesus, the Holy One. So let's take a look at Matthew 3.17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And there's another evidence of this. And it's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. This is the Apostle Peter writing the book. And he confirmed this event when he revealed that he and the other disciples were there when God spoke this about Jesus from heaven. They heard the voice and they heard the proclamation. So that ties in with him being God's own son. Uh, John 3.16, we read that already, but I want to point out in the middle of that verse that he gave his only begotten son. That's another part of the lyrics there. His only begotten son coming down to save us. Next, we go to Matthew 28, 19, which we know as the Great Commission. It's part of what we are trying to do, um, to live and to love like Jesus and help others to do the same by spreading the gospel message here and with our missionaries around the world. We actually have a team right now 
that is in Kentucky that are serving. There are six, I believe, six individuals. You want to keep them in your prayers for the next couple days as they finish up the trip. But they are seeking to fulfill part of the Great Commission. And that verse says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is the Trinity, the triune God. Then we have the demons in Mark 124 saying, Let us alone. What do we do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So even the demons, when Jesus was casting them out, they were proclaiming who he was, the Holy One of God. And then we have Revelation 4, 8, which attests to this as well, but not in a negative form, coming from a demon, but coming from the living creatures that are in heaven. The four living creatures, each having six wings, with, with, uh, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So there we have um, the supporting evidence. This is our great hope this Christmas season, that God, being coexistent, Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being coexistent, that Jesus was willing to come down to earth, Lord, as a babe. And then he was willing to come, and he was willing uh, to save us and to fulfill his plan, and he promised us that he's going to come back again. I hope that you have been blessed by this message. I hope that you have been challenged by this message. And there are a couple things that I want you to consider right now as we wrap it up. And I'm going to wrap it up a little early today. One, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you ever done that? This is Christmas season. This is why we celebrate. Yeah, we put up the decorations. We, we, we give each other gifts. We sing the carols. We also sing some non-traditional songs because it's part of our culture. But have you ever developed that personal relationship? If you haven't, I invite you to do it. Uh, the world, there are some, some people to try to make this complicated. It's not complicated. What you can simply do is say a little prayer and say, God, thank you for coming and fulfilling your plan, for coming and dying on a cross for my sins. Lord, forgive me, and I accept you into my life right now. If you haven't done it, I urge you to say a prayer like that today. Secondly, if you are a believer in here and you've kind of wandered away a little bit, you're backsliding, you're not living for Christ, you're not having your prayer time, you're not having your devotional time, you're not being a witness to those around you. Hey, what a great time to rededicate yourself to serving Jesus Christ and telling others about him. So think about these things. And at the end of the service, I, along with a couple of the elders, will be up here. So if you need to ask some questions, if you need prayer, please come forward and do that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful time of the year when we can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for humbling yourself and coming as a babe and living here for 33 years and suffering all the pains that we have suffered here and having all the same temptations yet being without sin. Lord, thank you for dying on a cross to pay for those sins, shedding your blood. 
Lord, thank you for rising from the dead three days later to guarantee victory over death forever once we're part of you. And Lord, we look forward to the glorious day when you'll come back again. Lord, I want to pray your blessing right now on the Kentucky mission team as they're spreading the gospel during this Christmas season and they're, and they're handing out food and clothing to those that are needy. I want to pray that you'll watch over and protect them, that people in Kentucky will get saved as a result of their efforts. And Lord, that you'll give them safety as they come back to celebrate Christmas with their families. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus, the Holy One. Amen.